Hi, dear listener. Welcome to the Young Changemakers podcast, an initiative from Global Changemakers. Your co-hosts Sophie, George, and William are very happy to have you join us today. Over this first season, we'll show you the incredible impact of youth and hopefully inspire you to take action too. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you're ready, let's go. What's going on, you guys? William here, your co-host from Guatemala. Thank you guys so much for joining us today on this third episode of the Young Changemakers podcast. I'm a 22-year-old guy studying chemical engineering and have been volunteering for the last four years in initiatives that support the reduction of inequalities in the surroundings of the city. By the way, I really hope you have enjoyed the previous episodes so far. And if this is the first time you get to listen to us, please, please go back to the intro episode after listening to this one, of course, <laughs> so that you can get to know who we are, why are we doing this, and yeah, to get an overview about um, this first season. All right, so I have to admit it, guys, I'm very happy and thrilled as well because this is the first episode that I get to host. And also because our interview with today will share very valuable and interesting information with us. So I will move on to introducing her. Her name is Esinam Amutsu. She's a 24-year-old girl from Ghana, selected as a global change maker back in 2016. Uh, she's currently studying communications and is someone who likes reading, watching movies, and volunteering. And that's why we are here today, because of her involvement in volunteering. And by the way, something that I didn't mention, guys, is that she speaks Twi, which is a language spoken in Ghana. And a word that I just learned is akwaba which means welcome. So if you listen to that word, you already know what that means, okay? <laughs> so going back to the introduction, she has been involved in social impact in many ways, like being a volunteer in an organization called Curious Minds of Ghana, which has a primary focus on children and youth development by engaging them in the projects that they are currently running, and in Autism Ambassadors of Ghana, which is an organization that helps children with autism, with technology. And also they promote a level of awareness in that topic. She has also been involved in the draftings of some policies in her country, such as the child-friendly policy of the Ghana Police Service. Uh, so guys, if you want to take a look at this policy, you can search it on Google with the name I just mentioned. And also in recent times, her focus has been on sexual reproduction health and rights in young people. She's also a host in one of the youth programs on national radio in Ghana. That's really cool, guys. And I hope she doesn't feel weird now that she's going to be on the other side of the interview. <laughs> so, guys, I'm pretty sure uh, we're going to have such an interesting conversation with SNM. Please keep tuned in and thank you for joining us on the third episode of the Young Changemakers podcast. Okay, Esinam, uh, Akwaba to the GCM podcast. <laughs> okay, so we can start now with the, with the interview. Um, by any chance, do you have any favorite quote? Yeah, one that usually pushes me in my advocacy has been the one about being the change you want to see yeah. by Mahatma Gandhi. And so... For me, I, I think when it comes to advocacy work and probably what keeps me going out, go for that, be the change you want to see. 
Yeah, that's a very yeah. good quote, right? Mm -hmm. Very wise yeah. quote, I think. Okay, great. Um, so now moving on with another question. Uh, since you have been involved in organizations that promote children's rights, youth aspirations, and also where they promote autism to make a more inclusive society, could you please tell us a bit about who have you seen that these organizations have made a positive impact while you've been involved? Sure, they, they have made all the impacts that they could ever make. When I got the opportunity to join a youth-led advocacy organization, uh -huh. it felt good because I was like, okay, at least now I meet a group of people who share, like, who think like me, who feel that yeah. not all is right in our community, but then how do we come together to, to create this change that we, we want to see? or to change the things that we are seeing and so that was how come i joined curious minds and that was my first ever organization that i ever worked or volunteered and still volunteer with currently and so at curious minds i i, I had this whole new orientation of issues of social like of social norms of values how young people can't take charge of their own development and and all the other changes that probably to be I am. Mm -hmm. And I, right from that time, I resolved that for the rest of probably my life as a young person until I grow older or would ever want to be, I, I think I was going to spend every minute of my time being the change I wanted to be. Oh, great. And that was how we started at Curious Minds. The one about autism ambassadors, mm -hmm. at, at, even at the time, I barely knew anything about it. A, like a condition called autism mm -hmm. and so the social the stigma around children or persons with autism in society was so high yeah. they are seen as cases people throw them away family kill them so when i also heard about the autism ambassadors of ghana and what they were doing i was like why not we could also lend our so, um, I joined Autism Ambassadors of Ghana as a volunteer as well mm -hmm. and learned a lot about how I could help persons with autism. I could sensitize communities on how we can accept persons with autism because it's not that bad. And so basically that has been my journey with them. The impact has been great. So now a lot of young people keep, um getting empowered personally on my own journey people have come across and if today i even have the opportunity to feature on this podcast i was a member of global change make um, i'm an, a gcm alumni i i i would want to go back and thank my association with chaos minds for giving me that platform to come to the limelight Okay, thank you for sharing that with us. I think you mentioned something very, very important. To be volunteering uh, on these issues with like-minded people, right? Because uh, so that many people can understand why are you doing this without explaining to them, right? Yeah, so yeah, you support each other while volunteering. Sure. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. And also, since you have been involved in these organizations that you just talked about, can you please explain what does a regular volunteer does when they get involved in Curious Minds and Autism Ambassadors? At Curious Minds, Curious Minds is a youth-led organization, right? 
yeah. um, doing a lot of advocacy, especially media advocacy. The thing, the other thing is capacity building for its members. So anyone who joins QS Minds, QS Minds as an organization has a secretariat that runs, they run projects and all of that. But one important thing for QS Minds as an organization is the capacity of its members. Mm-hmm. And so when you join as an organization, as, as a member, sorry, you, your capacity is built depending on the area because um, you do issues of child rights, youth rights, mm-hmm. women and girls empowerment, sexual reproductive health. And so if you join based on where you would you really want to maybe, you're not limited to any space, but then you are in there. A lot of Chaos Minds members serve in other capacities in the country currently as young people. Who, who, who have been empowered and all of that. So let me use my personal example, like my, my personal self as using like a structure like with interest, right? So yeah. There's no formal structure of like, maybe I have to go to, I have to do this on Monday, I have to do that on Monday. But my work as a Chaos Minds volunteer is during some of the projects that Chaos Minds run, I volunteer as facilitators, as a facilitator. Mm, If it has to do with a community outreach, sensitizing young girls about how to protect themselves or about menstrual hygiene and those things, we as volunteers do. And for our media advocacy, we have radio programs that run every week. Oh, Um, wow. Yes. And currently, I host the Youth Wing. The radio, the, the the youth program called Gems of Our Time on, on national radio, which wow. runs every Saturday from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. like GMT. <laughs> so, on that radio, depending every week we have different topics. Mm-hmm. Just yesterday was Saturday. Yesterday we were discussing um meaningfully engaging young people who should prepare them. And so if, if you want to say a young person's capacity has been built, mm-hmm. it, should that young person go build yourself up and say, I'm empowered, you can use me, yeah. or stakeholders have a role to play. And so we were having that conversation for a whole one hour on national radio yesterday. And so that is another one. So every Saturday I have to bring this to you. That's another thing that I do. Yeah, that, that is basically the different angles and ways that chaos minds um engages young people mm-hmm. oh, then for autism ambassadors um currently the, the the founder um has has developed an app which uh, is yeah. called the autism aid app what's the name what's of the app autism aid app cool and so it is an app that you can find on google play store yes it's it's, it helps parents and doctors, everyone, or with, with anything um, on autism. It is just wow. an upgraded version of how society can assist and help um, persons living with autism. Um, yeah, as and when necessary. Cool. And for how long have you been in this radio show you mentioned? Um, so... Let's see. I, I I joined um I joined Curious Mind somewhere around twenty twelve. And back then when I joined I was I was a panelist on our junior wing program because back then I was not all that old. And but I started hosting gems 
since I think February 2017. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. So you have some experience interviewing people. Right? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> now you are you are on the other side of of the interview. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So as we were talking about your areas of interest here, how's everything going in terms of women empowerment in Ghana? Have you seen any advance since you were involved in volunteering? Let's say uh, since 2012. To this day, sure, sure. It, 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 it hasn't been a smooth one. It hasn't been as fast as I would want to see it. But I, I, I'm just proud for the change that has come over the years. Um, I, I am, I am happy for the kind of wind that is blowing. If, <laughs> if there's yeah. anything like that, um, in terms of women empowerment in, in this country, at least now like we have women taking up a lot of spaces um oh, yeah. i think somewhere somewhere last year was it even last year 2017 we had like um the, the three major telecommunication com companies in ghana right wow. that was vodafone wow. um stratcom mm -hmm. africa yeah mta like those those major all of them were headed by women and mm -hmm. it was such a proud moment to be a girl alive, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. yes, so a lot of improvement has come. The advocacy keeps going on. And mm -hmm. um, we, we, we have, it's not the best, but then in the last election, there was some form of increase in women participation in, um, in politics. That is the number of women who decided to run at parliamentary levels and mm -hmm. um, the educational level, we see girls pushing into STEM fields, medicals, the engineering staff, mm -hmm. and all of them. But I, oh. I'll just sum it up and say, currently we, we also seeing a lot of um, women empowerment advocacy initiatives coming up. And so oh, that's cool. everyone keeps making noise about it. Yeah, well, I, I think that helps a lot, right? Step mm -hmm. by step, like each organization tries to yeah. do what they can. And yeah, hopefully it will get better through time, right? Hi there. We hope you're enjoying this episode so far. We just wanted to let you know that we are on social media at We Are GCM. And don't hesitate to follow us. And if you'd like to support us further, we also have a Patreon page. Type in Global Changemakers and decide which tier is best for you. Thank you. And now, on with the rest of the episode. Something that I want to mention before jumping back to the interview, guys, is this program, Global Changemakers, is launching for the third time next year, the mentorship program. So this program is directed to people from 15 to 22 years of age and it is basically about the mentoring you will receive from an experienced global change maker to have more clarity on your goals. Moreover, the program is divided into five chapters and conducted through 12 weekly online sessions. Um, each session lasts on average 70 minutes. The call for applications just opened on November 18th and will be open till December 13th. So I invite you to go to the show notes and click the link to the program brochure to know more about it. 
Also, you can find more information on the Global Changemakers website. By the way, something I noticed on the Curious Minds website is that they distribute their work, right? I mean, their projects, such as the Water and Hygiene Project on various regions of Ghana, right? So, in what region of Ghana do you think Curious Minds has had more positive impact? And by implementing what project, or have they been running this project of water and hygiene for a long time? So, so Curious Minds has been in existence for about 23 years now, for this 23 years of existence. Um, Curious Minds members who started the organization are now, some work at the British Council, some are working in the United Nations, some are medical doctors, like that kind of thing. The WASH project started, I think, some years back with um, support from UNICEF. And so if you ask me um, which region has had a lot of impact, mm-hmm. I think that would be a very difficult one to answer because yeah. then the, the programs are scattered around. Everyone is having its unique impact based on the context. And in Ghana, different regions have different contexts. The yeah, South is a yeah, different context altogether. The North is a different context altogether. Even though we are in, a, in one country or one yeah, one country. But th- that is how Kings Money has been running. Currently, aside the WASH project, we are also running the project on reproductive health, SRHR, in the northern part of the country. Well, that's really cool. I mean, on on a general perspective, they have made a very good impact. I can see. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Moving on to another topic. Uh, I read in the GCM website that you carried out a project called My Teen Life which was funded by the Global Change Makers organization back in 2016. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you please tell us what this project was about? So going back, I mentioned early on that my, one of the key drivers of my own advocacy has been from a personal experience. Mm-hmm. And one of the key things was growing up in a slab. Like I had a lot of my friends dropping out of school. Mm-hmm. Some couldn't complete junior high school because they got pregnant. Oh, I, I used to see abuse a lot. I, I no, no, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was young to under, too young to understand. I didn't know what was really happening around me. Mm-hmm. And I always mention this story that it, it, I think it was the breaking point for me. So if, if, if they were caught pregnant, it means that the black child, the stigma is going to come. They have to drop out of school. They become a teen mother, like all those things. Mm-hmm. And so. This was the breaking point, and I, I was looking for a name, but I really did. I I just thought my teen life would sum it up, all mm-hmm. because the, the teen stage is one of the most crucial stages in the life of every young person, and one right decision may probably get you somewhere. And before 2016, in 2015, Ghana as a country hit the highest record ever of recording 750,000 pregnancies, teenage pregnancies, not just pregnancies, teen pregnancies. That was very huge. So I think the idea about helping provide sexual and productive health knowledge, because then having access to this information helps the person make the decision and make a right one. Mm -hmm. If you're in your teenage and you decide to 
you 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 know that um, um, having sex is your right mm -hmm. probably need information to know that you need to have safe sex mm -hmm. how do you protect yourself from stis from yeah. hiv not to get pregnant while still having your fun or whatever it is that you want to have yeah, and so yeah. that was among the key things that my teen life wanted to do so in 2016 after the same grant came in I started implementation in one of the regions. We scaled up. We used to have communities and sensitization. We have in-school club talks, mm -hmm. and we also trained some team mothers. They also became team mothers and dropped out of school. Trained them with skills in beat making and beat sleeper making, so mm -hmm. so that they could sell to any region. And so that has been it with GCM. Um, sorry, my teen life. That's really cool. And is there like any link to any press release this project has had so that our listeners can uh, take a look at it? Okay, so my team life does not have um, its own independent Facebook account running okay. it, but I think I, a lot of the social media posts were on from my angle, my uh -huh. own Facebook. Well, I hope it keeps working out well, you know, as you already told us, it's still running. Okay, let's keep going. As our listeners have already noticed, you have recently been focused on raising awareness with talks and promoting this topic regarding sexual reproductive health and rights, also known as SRHR. How have you seen the acceptance of this topic in the surroundings of your community? It hasn't been easy, like here mm -hmm. in Ghana. Because when you mention SIHR, one of the components of SIHR is abortion. And trust mm -hmm. me, even as I sit here now, if I should tell any family of any family member of mine, probably I should have an unplanned pregnancy at any point they say I want to have an abortion. I'm going to be the worst person ever in my family. But 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 it's something we cannot run away from because sadly the, the numbers of unsafe abortion keep hitting us in the face. Mm -hmm. It is here, you are not permitted as a young person to have sex. There are girls, I, I, I have worked and encountered girls who were pregnant. And when you tell them that you are pregnant, they tell you that no, they are not pregnant. Just because someone told them that if you have sex for the first time, you can't get pregnant. Our teachers grew up in this same cultural context. And so they are also shy to speak about the issue. And so the young person is, is looking for his or her information from elsewhere. And who is giving that person the right information? Yeah. You, are, you, you, you get it. Mm -hmm. When I was 10 years old, I didn't have a mobile, I didn't have access to a mobile phone. The only mobile phone I could see in the house was that of my dad. My, my junior sister, who is, who, who is 13 years now, had access to a tablet when she was nine years. Once she had access to the tablet, she started asking for stuff like data. She mm -hmm. started getting it. And she, she joined Facebook before she, around 12 years. When I was 12 years, I still didn't have my personal phone. And yeah. if at 12 years she can browse on Facebook, you can imagine what, what, what she gets, what she sees on Facebook. Yeah, 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 of course. In terms of mitigating some of these things, for us, it, it, it hasn't been like 
fast enough to mitigate the issues and then the, the things that young people come into context with. Mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah, so we kept recording the numbers of teen pregnancies. We kept recording the numbers of unsafe abortion and all of that. Mm -hmm. And then who was there to bring them, like, to, to help reduce it? Why do young people get, get, keep getting pregnant? Yeah. Why do we have new cases of HIV? Why do we keep recording the cases and all of that? Mm -hmm. Okay, so, so now I want to ask you an open question. I mean, you can share with us whatever you want. And by that, I mean you can freely choose the facet of your life that you want to share with us today. What has been the biggest challenge you have had and how did you overcome it? Well, I, I, I think I first want to start with my, 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 my challenges of advocacy and activism and combining okay. it with my personal life. Oh yeah, sure. I grew up in, in a very culturally sensitive environment. My like everything around church and Christianity. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I'm not Christian. <laughs> and then we lived in a community where you still saw the girls getting pregnant and doing they say, Okay, if you have sex you have sinned against God, but other girls have sex. So what happens to them? They are teen mothers and then they say, yeah. You go to school and do that kind of thing. When I started my advocacy journey, and I even wanted to go into, um, I started volunteering. It, there was a conflict between my family and I, especially my dad. There were times out, yes, there were times I want to move from Accra to another region, a deprived community for probably an outreach and stuff. And I think all I was given was like, I just, I, I'm like, I want to go with the team. And, um, my dad is like, you keep going here, you don't bring anything back. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Because when we say we are volunteering, you are volunteering. You are giving yeah. out everything, you are not getting anything back. Yeah, I was going and anyone was paying me. So it was like that. Eventually, I had to really make them understand that this was what I wanted to do in life. My dad wanted me to read a business course. I wanted to be the one who was, yes, I was here helping people, giving out. That is what I had to do. But then they really didn't get my point. At least now they do. <laughs> they do yeah. get it. Yes. Now they understand better and at least give me that leverage to do what I want to do. When I started university education and combining that with my advocacy work, because there, there, there were times when you have to travel, right? There was one time I had to, I traveled for a conference and I came back and there had been it had to be an issue between my lecturer and I. Because then for my lecturer, he's here to teach, he's here to have his class test and this kind of thing. Yeah. And I also felt that whatever mission or whatever was voice I had to represent for other young people in that country, in that meeting, was equally important. And so that these were times when I had frictions. It was about how do I combine this whole space? No one understands the whole youth space. No one sees it as something that young people also want to do to contribute to development. Mm -hmm. People who see some of us in the youth space as just a group of young people who probably have good things we can speak and have read about things and want to come and make a lot of noise about it. I, oh. I probably would say those have been some few challenges in terms of the advocacy thing. But sometimes as a young person who is involved in a lot of some of these things. 
you find yourself working with policymakers, you also want to do community activism. Today, you have to attend this meeting, tomorrow, you are attending that meeting. You have your own school, you are thinking about your own career, you have your family. Like, how do you bring all of these things together and ask yourself, where do I even get my own rest? I've, I've over the time tried to relax, get sick take a step back, look at it, and say, okay. And it was, I decided to focus mainly on productive health. I, I needed to find a niche for myself. And so for me, it was also better, it was important to find where like I purpose. Went. Because uh, like we as humans, I think we have very, very different purposes in life, not only one as we were machines or something. Sure. So yeah, we like to be involved in many things. That's that's fine. So uh, now going back to the topic that we were talking about, uh, that one related to social work. Um, why do you think it is important to involve young people in the drafting of public policies in their countries? So William, it is just it is. Let's see how you take this thing, right? Um, so probably you, you, you live with your parents, right? Communication or something. And, you, and your dad says, no, I want my son to be a doctor. And so you, you, your dad is paying every fees for you to become a doctor. Mm -hmm. You'd be happy. Yes. Well, it would be quite difficult, I have to sure. say. And like I said again, times have changed. Yeah. The kind of things that were available in the 1980s is no more what we have now. Yeah, of course, has totally changed. If you look at the global population now, mm -hmm. the world has the largest cohort of young people it has ever recorded. That's true. If you have over 1.7 billion young people and you still say that young people cannot have a say in what concerns them, then we are not saying as young people that we have come to a point where it is a policy that has to do with young people. Uh -huh. They need okay. to have a say. They live their lives better as a group of people. Mm -hmm. They know their lives. They know what they don't want. Yeah, of course. Like policies that are going to impact young people directly. It is very, very, very important that uh, the youth is involved in such drafting. Yes, that is yeah, all the points. So let me tell you this quick story about a community, something that sure. happened, a community intervention that happened. So there uh -huh. was this community somewhere up north, in Ghana here, right? And mm -hmm. the, the children in the community had this like pond river around. And in the, um, anytime it was break, right, the children would go to the pond and swim. And they were recording high cases of um, worm infections um, and fantasies, those kind of water-related diseases. And so the people decided to come up with an intervention for the school children. They were children, but no one felt that they needed to ask them. They just felt that it was because the children did not have anywhere to play. That is why they used to go to the water and take their bath when it was break or something like that. So mm -hmm. they went to the community and built a very nice playground for the children, everywhere a child would want. But the children still went to the pond. 
And so eventually someone just had to ask, look, we have built this playground for you as children. Why are you not using it? Why do you still go to wherever the water and play? And one of the children had to tell them that our classrooms are not ventilated enough. When we're in the classroom, we feel hot. And so when it's break time, we only go to swim because we want our bodies to cool down. And that's what I'm simple as that. So if, if, if someone had just decided as best to ask the children, why are you swimming? Probably one of the children could have just told them this was their reason. Mm-hmm. But because they decided not to involve the children and felt they knew why the children were swimming and they felt the children needed a playground. But that was not what they needed. So that is all it tells you about meaningful youth participation, engaging young mm-hmm. people. They are now changing. Times have changed. Young yeah. people are now, um, they know how they feel. They can tell you what they feel. We need intergenerational dialogue. And when we say that we want to be heard, it is not, we are not saying that what the adults are saying is, 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 is not good. But we are just saying that we need us at the table as well. Ask us how we feel. If it is not the best, we understand. But at least give us that space at the table. Mm-hmm. So that, that has been it. Yeah. And that's well. what the advocacy has been about. It's probably for me, I've had a couple of experiences of engaging. It has not been the best. We, we're still fighting for it. But in some instances, I've had the experience of engaging in terms of policy situation and all of that. Yeah, it's like a constant fighting, right? Okay, Esinam. Uh, so this has been an awesome interview, I have to say. Uh, I, I hope our listeners have learned a lot from these topics that we just discussed. Mm-hmm. And as a last question of this third episode of the YCM podcast, what would be a piece of advice for someone who doesn't know where to start but really wants to make a difference in, in his community? I, I think... Um... It starts with the, the realization that you want to do something. Mm-hmm. Once the person has realized that they want to do something, it, that's the first step. Depending on the context or the community where you are, if it's, for me, when I wake up, I see a lot of girls who mm-hmm. come from disadvantaged backgrounds. Yeah. The little I could do is to mentor and to encourage these girls. Yeah, to help yeah. them in a way, right? Yes. And so, but for, for starting, you should identify a problem mm-hmm. and ask yourself, what role can you play? Yeah, I think that's very important. Yes. So if, if, if you identify that challenge, it can be your country, it can mm-hmm. be your community, it yeah. can be your yeah. school, it can be elsewhere, any other place. If, there's, if you think there's no problem in the community where you stay, look mm-hmm. beyond it. Read around. What, yeah. what can you yeah, to really realize where you're standing, right? To know yes. how the situation is. Yes. Okay, Yasin, I'm so thank you. This was, this was a very great interview. Thank you, too, for having me. All right, guys. I really hope you can take away many positive things from this episode. We try to cover as much as possible to make this interview very, very enriching in terms of knowledge and general perspective about how everything's going in Ghana. In the show notes, you can find the link to download the Autism Ada app, which is only available in the Google Store. I hope in the future they make it available on iOS platform as well. You can also find a link to the website of Curious Minds of Ghana and of Autism Ambassadors of Ghana. 
All right, guys, see you in the next episode of the YCM podcast. If you'd like to know more about Global Changemakers and our mission of enabling youth to create a positive impact in their communities, you can visit our website at global-changemakers.net or follow us on social media at WeAreGCM. And if you'd like to support us further, go check out our Patreon page at Global Changemakers and help us have a greater impact. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Young Changemakers. See you next Tuesday.